ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. Before we get into the content of today's episode, I want to give a little disclosure um, at the beginning that if you are listening to this audibly with little ears around, obviously from the title, um, we are talking about a more sensitive topic in this episode, so use with your discretion, um, but this might not be something that you want to listen to with the kids around. You may want to pop in some earbuds and save this for tonight when you are folding laundry or tidying up the house. So just wanted to throw that in here before we get into today's topic, which is talking to your kids about sex. So this episode and the next episode that will be coming out on the podcast, which is going to be um, parenting in the age of pornography, I understand that both of these topics are a little more sensitive, are a little more taboo, but ladies, I am so burdened to address these issues um, I have just been reading some things and in reading some things in, in my Bible, in some of my books that I've been reading, coming across some different resources, coming across some different statistics and things that these topics just keep being brought to my attention. Um, actually, I'm going to share a, a little bit later in this episode um, about a course that Simeon and I took at the recommendation of a very trusted missionary friend on the, this topic, talking to your kids about sex. And it just really opened our eyes to some things that we wanted to do uh, a little differently than maybe how we were raised or just, just culture in general. Um, some, some ways that we want to better equip our kids with the things that they are facing in today's world and to really be the first one to get to them with the message of God's order, of God's design, and not Satan's counterfeited, twisted, counterfeit uh, presentation of something that God designed to be so beautiful and holy and wholesome. So these two episodes are kind of, the next one will, will spring off of this one. They're connected. So look for that one coming soon. Um, but when I, I really felt led to address these topics. I kept coming back to, I am not the one to speak on these things. One, I'm not an experienced mom. My oldest is six. Uh, we've had some of the foundational conversations here. And she's very inquisitive. Um, so I remember, oh goodness, it was, was it, was she four? No, I guess she was five at a VBS, and the VBS was all about uh, the Ten Commandments. Well, of course, the one commandment that she just wanted to know everything about was thou shalt not commit adultery. Like, she didn't want a surface-level answer. She wanted a deep, you know, the, the truth. She wanted to know, and um, which brought me to a very embarrassed, stammering, stuttering, not sure what to do point. And the more that Simeon and I have talked and have prayed through that and the more we've been exposed to some really wholesome biblical resources, the more I've realized 
That is not the position that I want to instruct my children about sex from. I want to come with them, come to them with confidence, with um, with a calmness, and with a this is what God's word said, and God's design is beautiful and perfect. Now Satan has perverted it, and Satan has twisted it, and there are boundaries, and there are there are parameters that keep you safe. Um, but this isn't something that I wanted to shy away from. It's a big part of being a human being. And we want to be equipped to be the ones to give our kids the answers because it's not if they're going to ask these questions or be exposed to sexual things or even pornography. It's not an if, it's a when. This is the way of our world. And it breaks my heart to see the world robbing childhood from our children, to see them robbing innocence from our children. Our children should be enjoying make-believe and and play and outside. They shouldn't be weighed down with these, these heavy, heavy things. And I know it's delicate, and I know every person has opinion on on how much or how little or what age, and I'm not here to answer all of those questions. Again, I'm a novice at this. Actually, so much so that I did not want to address these issues. I tried and tried and tried to have other people more, uh, what I felt like, more equipped to talk to this, to join me for interviews. Um, And... Every time it just it didn't work out. Whether they just turned me down right off, or you know, we I, I thought it was going somewhere, and then just life happened, and I never heard back. It just things happened that the interview was the interviews were not panning out. Um, but yet these topics continued to remain on my heart, and so I just was like, Lord, do you want me to speak on these? And I felt like His answer was yes. So I'm going to come to you not as an experienced person that has has done this with their children much or with teenagers who fully understand these things or even with adult children who have kept their hearts and their minds and their bodies pure who are now in wonderful marriages and teaching their children. No, I'm in the little years and I honestly am learning by my own mistakes or by trying to correct or different things of my own. But I want to share with you some things that I've learned. And and like I said, just the the encroaching on our children, robbing from them the ability to to be children, to not have to carry these heavy things, but instead oppressing our kids with these issues of gender and sex and all of this and before there long even before puberty it just, it is bizarre to me and i'm going to be perfectly honest especially as we branch into the next episode about pornography these topics have been heartbreaking for me to prepare again not so much this one but branching into the pornography one and and i won't steal its thunder um take away from that but we live in a wicked broken world and it is greatly affecting our children. And our children are growing up, becoming confused and broken adults. And it, it, it really is, is an epidemic. We, we've got to turn the tide. And how can we do that? And I really feel like the foundational thing is, is this episode, is talking to your kids about sex, presenting to them that sex is a beautiful gift from the Lord, that God had an order for it, that it is not something that Satan has come up with, that it is something that God designed with a 
purpose. And the purpose isn't merely procreation. It is not simply to make more human beings so that the planet can keep going round round. God gave pleasure to sex. That was his design too. And there is an intimacy in the relationship of the husband and wife and in, in the safety of marriage that is beautiful that God created for enjoyment, for connection, for a bond unlike anything else that mankind has on this planet. In Hebrews, it says that marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. That's Hebrews 13, 4. Genesis 2, 24. The very beginning. You know, I, I've heard before t- uh, preached, you know, the law of first mention. In Genesis, there is a first mention of everything that comes out of, of the rest of scripture, of the rest of life, of the rest of mankind. God gives that first mention, that foundation, those pillars of truth in the book of Genesis. And here we find the pillar of truth for marriage and intimacy. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Genesis 2, 24. There we see the, the law first mention of sex, of God's design for marriage, of the beauty of this. And I think that we need to be ready to give our kids this, this biblical message of what God intended, of the beauty that God intended before the world comes in and seeks to corrupt that. You be the first one to have the, these conversations, to have your child's heart when it comes to this, because they're going to look for the answers. Really, whether they're looking or not, the answers are going to come to them. But you want to have established with them that that they can come to you about anything, that they can talk with you and that you're going to do your best to give them a biblical answer. And if you don't know the answer, tell them, I don't really know the answer or I don't really know how to explain this to you. Let mommy and daddy talk about it and pray about it and read God's word and we will get back with you as quick as we can with an answer because your question is important to me. You are important to me. This is an important issue, and we want to make sure that we can give you the answers that you are looking for. So that leads me into talking about the Mommy Daddy Eden Club. So Eden is my oldest, um, and she is so far appears to be my most curious. Um, so that's why it's the Mommy Daddy Eden Club. We will have a Mommy Daddy. Well, we've talked to Knox a little bit. We have a Mommy Daddy Knox Club. Um, but as the kids start getting a little bit older, we start having some more intelligent conversations. As they start having some questions that are more private in nature, the Lord gave us wisdom to present it to Eden in this idea of the Mommy Daddy Eden Club because you always get that question like, okay, I understand that these conversations need to happen earlier than maybe they did when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, you didn't start talking about sex until you're like, you know, in puberty or, you know, I have some friends who have said they didn't really know about it until even some of the after they got married, you know, like, oh my goodness. Um, but okay. People acknowledge we need to start having these conversations earlier because the message is bombarding our children and we want to be the first one. But how do I tell my six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old things like this and then trust them to not run off and be, you know, at the school playground or in Sunday school and blurting these things out. Well, kids are kids, so you're not always guaranteed. And again, my children aren't raised, so I can say so far so good, but I don't know what tomorrow holds. But this has worked well for my oldest. 
when she started asking me some of these private questions, her dad and I sat down with her and we're like, look, there's a special mommy daddy Eden club. And in this club, we can talk about anything. You are safe here. You can come to us with any question that you have, and we are going to do our best to answer them for you. Now, at the time, she had been having some private questions, so we didn't really need to talk through like, okay, the, the club is not for like what's for breakfast. We had some some uh, things that were happening, some questions that we were being asked, some maybe in front of the brother that we were like, well, we'll talk about that later this evening or at a different time in a different setting. So she kind of was understanding like, okay, so while I'm free to talk about anything in this special club, this is more for private things. Um, but we told her, look, in this club, we're your parents and you're our child. And God has given us the authority to speak to you about these things, to answer these things. And we have a desire to answer your questions from the Bible. But we are not, you know, your best friend, Susie or whatever. We're not her parents. And you are not her parent. So these are not conversations that are appropriate for you to have with your friend. These are conversations that God would like for the mommy and daddy to be the teacher and the instructor for for their child. Do you understand? Yes. So what we say in the mommy-daddy eating club stays where? In the mommy-daddy eating club. And so we've kind of, we lay that foundation and as she's been getting older, as she asks more things, we kind of build on that. Or, you know, if she asks us a question innocently, something she heard, something she saw, she's reading now, <laughs> so something she read on a billboard, um, we might be able to say, hey, that's kind of a mommy, daddy, eating club conversation. Can you make sure to remind me if I don't remember tonight when we're home or during nap time or something, remind me to, to circle around to that or remind me when daddy comes home from work that we can can chat about that because it's a really good question and I really want to answer it but the middle of the grocery store while the baby's crying and the kids are hungry probably isn't the best time to address this question um so that is how the mommy daddy eating club has worked for our family so far and and I feel like it's really given us a good segue into appropriateness in timing for some of these conversations has given her safety in feeling like she can talk to us about these things but it has also put some boundaries on what conversations are appropriate to have within the club and what are not appropriate to have outside of the club. And that means you kind of have to address the question of what is private. Um, So, you know, this might be a private conversation. So something that is not meant for everybody to hear. Um, And that leads, you know, we have, we have a girl, we have, we have three girls, we've got a boy. um, So private parts come up in our home. And so we've had to learn what does private mean? Private means when it's talking about a body part, it's not a part that God has designed for everybody to see. It's private. It's yours. That isn't something that we're just going to flash for the world. Um, so establishing maybe something like the mommy daddy eating club, um, and you know that that was another thing that is not just some magical recipe thing that like oh Brittany and Simeon were so great to think of. That was something that came out of that really awkward conversation and me feeling like I totally blew our first introduction to sex with her and being like all right Simeon and God we've got to get some wisdom. The Lord just guided our thoughts and our words to come up with that. And and that has clicked with her and has helped. Um, So uh, make it work for your family. Seek God. Really, in in all of this, in this topic, 
Um, this is God's topic. This is not my topic. This is not Brittany's topic. So take the pointers that I give, the things that I've learned, the challenge that I'm encouraging you, take it to your husband, take it before God and let him lead you with your family, with your children, with your child. Each child is different. Each child is unique and you need to, to work with that. Um, even in the, what is private teaching them, um, what is private? What is private conversation? What are private parts? How do we talk about that? Which, okay, let's move on. So actually the nitty gritty of talking to them about sex. How does that happen? Um, for me personally, I you, if you've listened to the podcast for very long, you'll know that I did not have a close relationship growing up with my dad when I was a kid. That's a whole different story. You can find the podcast episode on that. Uh, Beauty from Ashes, where my dad joined me. Best friends now. Talk to him about anything. But at the time, um, we would not have had these conversations. And my mom... Um, it was just an awkward conversation, and then that's not to her fault. I, I felt the same way the first time with Eden. But um, I knew from my introduction that I wanted it to be different because it was kind of the traditional sit down, let's have the talk, and uh, then quickly move on and pretend like that never happened. But now you know, so I can check that off my list of I'm now a good parent because you know. Um, and Simeon was a little similar with the talk. Um, you know, unfortunately his story is a little bit different, um, because some friends got to him first and that had some negative influence on, on his life, but we knew we didn't want to have the sit down talk. So in praying and learning and studying, um, I'll just go ahead and share this resource. I'll, I'll link it down in the comments, but a missionary friend recommended, um, the, the ladies from the birds and the bees. So they have an Instagram account, which is wonderful. If you don't follow them, follow them. There is so much helpful information and so much of what I'm sharing is on their Instagram account for free. You can glean from that without paying, but we did go ahead and invest in their course. One, we just wanted it for our own family. Um, but two, I do try to expose myself to resources like this um, for your benefit. So I thought this is a really important topic. I want to hear from, you know, quote unquote experts. And um, it, it helped us so much. And, and some of what I'm going to share is from that course. So you can find that down in my comments. And actually, they offered me a discount code for my listeners. So if you type in my first name, which let me spell it because it's an interesting name, B-R-E-T-T-N-A-Y. If you put discount code BRETTANY in all caps in the discount box, you should save 20% off the course. So thank you, Birds and Bees, for giving me that discount code for the No Higher Calling listeners. Um, but I'm going to share a little bit of kind of what they shared in that course, just kind of a few bits and pieces here and then how that's applied to us. And the first thing, before you even talk to your kids, is as a husband and wife, figure out what your family message is. What do we want to, what is our message of sex? What do we want to teach our children about sex? Um, so you have a couple things here. First, maybe what shaped your past understanding about sex? Um, so maybe you, maybe you, uh, had parents that taught you really well and it wasn't awkward and it wasn't weird and it wasn't this hush-hush thing that you felt like you were dirty to talk about. Um, maybe you did. You had the talk and that was awkward and then you didn't really know how to move on from there. Maybe you found it out from um, friends or maybe it, it was a more negative, sinful way that you found out about sex. Um, and, and let me just say here that if your past with sex is not according to God's order and God's design, praise 
God for forgiveness, for restoration, for redemption. I'm so thankful that he promises that when we come to him and we ask for forgiveness, that he casts our sins in the depths of the sea of his forgetfulness. He chooses never to remember those again. I'm so thankful for that. Don't feel in bondage and like, well, I can never talk to my kids in a biblical way about sex because I blew it. That is not true. Experiencing God's freedom from our sexual past is key to being able to talk to your kids about sex in a healthy way. God has freedom. God forgives. God heals. God brings the beauty from ashes. Um, but you might want to talk through that with your spouse. You know, is is this kind of a something you're used to being hush-hush about, which is kind of where I came from? Um, is it an awkward conversation to have? Do you need to work through this? Then what are your beliefs about sex? I know this is a podcast for Christian women, so I hope that um, your beliefs about sex come from the Bible, that you believe, like I've already said, that, that it is a good gift, that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights, that and that sex is one of those. Um, and that God has designed sex for marriage between a man and a woman. Lots of confusion about that today. Um, But what do you believe and can you defend it biblically? Because when we come to our kids on topics like this, we want to stand firm on the truth of the Bible because there's going to be every other voice with every other version of lowercase truth, quote unquote truth. We want to stand on the truth of God's word confident. And this isn't just what mommy and daddy think. This isn't just what mommy and daddy believe, but this is what God's word says. Says, What do you believe? And then what do you want your kids to believe about sex? So I just quickly in my notes wrote a little statement. I want my kids to know that God designed sex for husbands and wives to find pleasure in being one flesh, referencing back to Genesis, and to have children, to have future generations, to continue the the line of mankind to to see God's work accomplished in this world. Now that's a, a big answer. And maybe that's like, whoa, that's a lot. I'm not going to sit them down, especially in the little years, and say, this is what I want you to believe about sex and read that statement. No, there, there's a drip method. You give little bits here and there and here and there. You build the conversation. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But talking through these things with your husband, getting on the same page, what do we believe? What is what is our past? And your kids don't need to know your past. Let me throw that in here too. If you have things in your past, if you choose to share that with them, maybe at some point, um, that that is your choice to make. Um, but But they don't need to know all of that to be able to give them a biblical view of sex. But maybe you want to talk that through, you know, like I said, in private with your spouse. And then what do we want our kids to believe about this? There's so many messages out there. And, and I'm not even going to start because they're, they're just endless. There's so many messages about sex, about what marriage is, about what a man is, about what a woman is. But we want to tell our kids, this is what we believe based on God's word. So then another really important thing to use beyond figuring out this family message, and these are foundational things. So like I said, figure that out before you even have kids. That That's better. That That's a step that, that we had to take later. Get that nailed down. But another foundational thing that you can use is to use the anatomical names for body parts. Um, Again, this was a little more difficult for me because I did not grow up this way. We did not use the word. I'm even blushing here in my office and and nobody's even in here with me. Um, But we did not grow up 
using the words penis and vagina and things like that. And I don't say those words to, to be crude or to be inappropriate, but we're talking about this issue and, and we need to be confident to use these names. And as I was doing some research, it said the number one thing that you can do to keep your kids from being a victim to sexual abuse is this right here, to teach them to use the anatomical names. It said that children, no matter what age, if they can call their private parts by the actual anatomical name of their private part, it shuts down the person that is trying to be the abuser almost in every single case. Like the statistics were through the roof and that in and of itself made me realize I need to get over the awkwardness of this and use this for the safety of my children. I don't want to be this, uh, you know, fear mongerer or make you constantly looking behind your back. But like I said, we're in a wicked, wicked world and there are people out there that just want to devour children and destroy and wreck and ruin their lives. And while I don't want to live in fear, while I don't want to always be feeling like, you know, we can't even leave the, the walls of our home without possibly being exposed to something or um, being in a dangerous situation, I don't want to do that and I don't want to create that for you. But I also don't want to be an ostrich with my head in the sand and, and be ignorant of this. And so I I just, it it just so, when I read that, I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this. And we hadn't been doing this. We have like other little names and I'm not going to go into all of that. But anyways, we hadn't been doing this. So I'm, you know, a little embarrassed talking to my husband. How are we going to start this without being super, um, like awkward with our kids? Like, I don't want to sit them down and be like, oh, well we've called, okay, let's just, let's just have the conversation. I'm trying to be a help here. So I pray that this comes across not crude but as a blessing and helps you as a parent. Um, So how do we sit down and have the conversation? Well, we've been telling you for the past four years that it's a weenie, but it's actually not a weenie, it's a penis. I didn't want to have this awkward conversation with my son where he's like, oh, really? Well, what? So we were like, well, you know, why don't we just use bath time to just really casually kind of introduce this? Um, and this is something that the birds and the bees said is just be calm. Just like you'd say, Hey, where's your nose? Boop. There it is right on your face. Or, you know, where's your ears? It's a body part. No, yes, it's a private part. Yes. It's not something that we talk about publicly, but I am their parent. This should be a safe place. This should be a trusted place where we can use the real words. So we're just, you know, I think Simeon actually said it the first time with Knox, um, he was giving him a bath and he just kind of casually, but I'm washing the girls, you know, I have them in the bathtub and I just kind of made the comment like, okay, so we called the, we called the vagina tushy. So we just made the comment like, Hey, you know, I know that, that we tend to call your front part, your tushy, but the actual scientific name for that is a vagina. And I just wanted you to know that that is the real name of your private part. Now, my oldest was definitely more clued in. So like, Oh really? And I think she asked me then she's like, well, what's your booty called (laughs) or what's the real name for that? Um, but, uh, and you know, my, my two-year-old, she didn't really have any questions, but she heard the word. And I've since tried to use that kind of, you know, sometimes we use the other word, sometimes we use anatomical, but I've tried to transition that a little bit so that it is not a super foreign word, especially with my two-year-old. My, like I said, my older one understands more and she showers on her own and stuff. Um, I, I still help her a little bit. So that's why we were able to have that conversation. Um, but just to be calm or another thing that the birds and the bees recommended is to to use a baby to describe to them. No, I don't mean use a baby like actually like take the baby and like, but for example, um, you know we we have a live baby in our home, and 
she gets a bath. She gets diaper changes. And sometimes other kids see my, my son knows what a girl looks like, not because we try to flaunt that, but life happens. And I don't always get the diaper change fast enough or something. Um, but we've been able to, you know, Oh, son, you notice she looks different. Well, God made her a little girl and she has different body parts than you. Um, now maybe I don't want to go into all the anatomical names of the girl parts with my son yet, but, but you can use the example of a baby or, you know, um, we have some different books that talk about babies and babies in the womb and babies at birth. And it might have a picture of a naked baby in it or, something like that. Sometimes baby dolls you can get that are more have like actual parts. You can use that um, as a way to kind of introduce some of these anatomical names. So then from there, you really just work to build the conversation again with this drip method. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. Even in this anatomical names, like I said with my two-year-old, I casually mentioned it well with big sister, but where she was in presence and she heard the word. Um, Then we kind of incorporated this a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, when you're building the conversation, welcome their questions. That was something that we learned in the course that was that was good for me to hear. Um, you know, and if you if if this is coming to you and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to have these conversations. Um, their advice was if something just catches you off guard, if you're at the grocery store and they just say, Hey mom, what's sex? And you're like reeling, like, oh my goodness. Where they hear this? What have they been exposed to? How do I say this? Um, now, now, like I said, maybe if you're in the grocery store, you want to use the club excuse and give yourself a little bit of time to recover. But maybe you're at home. Um, I, I should have gave that illustration. So you're at home. This comes up. It is a good time for you to actually have this conversation, but you're you're trying to get over the initial like. <gasps> first of all, don't be shocked with them. Don't give them any reason to think like, oh. Maybe I shouldn't asked about this, or maybe this is a topic that I that is. Um, so that you don't want to attach any shame to this. This is a, again a safe place. You want them to know you can come. They can come to you with these questions. So their suggestion was, if you're flabbergasted, um, to just be like, you know what, that is a really good question. I am so glad that you asked that question. And as long as you need to recover, play on that. You know what, you are a curious little child, little boy, and. I'm so glad that God picked me to be your mommy so that I can have these conversations with you. Um, you, It just shows that your mind is going all the time. And you know what? When you have questions like this, we can go into God's word and find the answer. And okay, you've you've regrouped. Hopefully you've kind of settled down a little bit, breathing slowed, heart's not quite racing so fast, still probably a little fear and trepidation, but all right, here we go. Well, you know, what? Sex is actually something that God designed for a husband and wife. It is something that is special for their marriage. And then you can go with whatever your message is, whatever you want your kids to know, whatever you feel like is appropriate. If you've been doing the strip method, if you've already had, you know, conversation A, move to B or C, wherever you're at. Um, but I, I liked that in the questions one. Um, to stall for a little bit. They don't necessarily know that you're stalling because you're praising them. They're like, oh, yay, I came up with a great question. Um, but you're stalling to give yourself a little bit of time to regroup. Um, then to establish yourself as their loving authority, to let your kids know, I'm so glad that you came to mommy with that question. You know, we have a lot of questions in life. Sometimes you might go to your Sunday school teacher. Sometimes you could ask your pastor. But there are some things in life um, that it's really good to talk to mommy and daddy with. And questions about private parts or, you know, if they've said the sex word, um, 
questions about sex or anything like that, that's a, that's a, a private conversation, but it's a great question for the Mommy Daddy Eden Club. Um, so let's talk about that and let them know that you love them, that you care about them, but that you are the authority in your life and that you are the appropriate person to bring that question to. And I think if you have little ones, I mean, even down to toddlers, this one is so important because this is something that you're going to build on for for the rest of their lives, but definitely through their teen years. You don't want to come to them as the authority when they're 16, when you haven't been the per, their go-to person all this time. And this doesn't even have to be with something like sex. But when they're little, when they're those toddlers, let them know that you welcome their questions, that you want to be the one with the answers and do your best to have the answers. And like I said earlier, if you don't have the answers, let them know that you're going to do your very best to get the answers. And you know what? You may accidentally forget from time to time, but try to be purposeful to remember. Even if it's a question, something like, why do zebras have stripes? Establish yourself as the person that they go to with their questions so that as their questions get more intimate, as their questions um, get deeper, as they come to you. And now it's not just something simple as what is sex, but mom, can a man and a man have sex? Or, you know, how, how does that kid have two mommies? As these questions, as the world and culture start encroaching and start filling their minds with things that we try to protect them from, but we can't protect them from everything. You have established yourself as their loving authority, and you have welcomed their questions so that they know mom and dad are the people that I go to and I can trust that they're not going to shove me off, that they're not going to make me feel strange for having these questions that more than likely, um, you know, as your kids get a little older, you might, they might kind of start knowing like, oh, well, this is, this isn't a, do zebras have stripes question? This is a little more of a private nature of a question, um, but that you've established yourself as that. Then um, as you're talking about these things, I thought it was really good that the birds and the bees mentioned to talk about seeds too. So as you're actually having the talk, if, if you're to the point where you're going to have to start talking about like, how is a baby made, it's great to start with seeds. So their little phrase is deep inside every living thing is part of what it takes to make the next living thing like it. Back it up all the way to toddlers. Get an apple. Cut your apple open. You're you're having lunch. You're slicing their apple slices. Draw to their attention. Guys, look in this apple. What do you see? What are those little black dots? You're right. They're seeds. Did you know that deep inside every living thing is a part of what it takes to make the next living thing like it? Maybe you're a gardener. Bring your kids out in the garden. Show them. Do you see this little seed? Do you know that when I plant it deep in the ground, deep in the soil, that God has made the soil with the perfect nutrients, with the right environment to grow this seed from a little black dot all the way into the tomato plant that we get tomatoes from? Uh, they, they say on the birds and bees, dazzle them, give them answers. They're like, wow, that's so cool. God's design is so cool. My mom knows the coolest things. And, and these are in the little years. Lay that foundation. So that this drip method, building the conversation. So when they come to you and they're like, mommy and daddy, where do babies come from? 
You've already talked about the apple. So you can say, hey, do you remember how that apple had seeds inside of it? Well, did you know that inside of a daddy there is a seed and the mommy has the perfect environment. The mommy has a cell and when those join, the mommy, God created the mommy with a perfect environment in, in her body. And they, they really stress on the course, not again, anatomical names. Don't say in her tummy, in her womb, in her uterus. God designed the perfect environment for that teeny tiny little seed to grow and to become you, to become a person. Isn't God's design amazing? So I, I loved how they how they transitioned that, um, dazzling them with the birth story. And sometimes they said that if you if you can dazzle them, it kind of might diffuse some other questions. So you you know maybe you just want to go on with the birth story and they said the birth story was a really good place to start. You know if they ask where do babies come from tell them. This is how a baby's formed. It it grows, it develops in that beautiful perfect environment that God created it for and then one day do you know what happens? That big belly that the mommy has uh now because the baby is inside of her uterus and it's pushing her belly out, there's muscles in that stomach that start to contract. Those are called contractions and it starts pushing the baby out. There's a birth canal that the baby comes down and the baby exits the mommy's body and boom, look, you have a baby. Now, if you watch the birds and the bees course, you'll know that I took a lot of that from them. Um, again, a lot of that is on their Instagram account too, but I just thought it was so good. And, um, even kind of using that voice of, uh, you know, like, like that wasn't my normal talking voice. That was my, I'm trying to dazzle my kids and keep my heart from beating out of my chest in this conversation moment. Um, but, but it's worked. It has worked. We've used it. It works. Um, and then you're just, you're laying this foundation to build on. But in all of it, you're teaching them, you're bringing them back to God's word. You're bringing them back to the safe place, that safe, loving authority that they find in you where their questions are welcome, where you do your best to answer. Um, where you, you try to present yourself, you know, not every time are mommy and daddy going to be present to answer these questions, but if you answer something or your husband answers something and the other one's not around, it might be a good idea to clue the spouse in so that if you have another uh, question, you know where you're at in the building, you know, what's been said and what hasn't been said, or it doesn't caught you off guard. Like you heard what? Well, daddy, to oh, oh, okay. Well, daddy told you to stay on the same page with your spouse. Um, but I, I think one thing I just want to share here at the end, and, and there's so much more that I, I think we could share on this. And again, I, I don't really have the experience to share all of that. This is just what the Lord has given me as I have seeked, as I have sought to prepare this. So I pray that I honored him and honored his desire for, for the help that I'm trying to offer through this episode in what I have said. If you want more information, I would highly recommend the Birds and the Bees course. Um, again, you can find a coupon code to get 20% off of that. Um, I get nothing from, you know, that from you ordering it other than just knowing that I passed on another helpful resource. Um, there were, there were a couple little tweaky things that we were like, well, you know, that's not really our, how we would believe. Um, but overall I can, I can recommend the course. It was very helpful to us. And if anything, it gave us some dialogue, um, as a couple and then equipped us with some dialogue to use with our kids. Um, but okay. In wrapping up here, I think that in, in talking to our kids about sex, I think it is important to show them the beauty of sex from God's word, the beauty of 
of intimacy, of marriage, of God's perfect design. Now, yes, there's propriety. Um, there's things that you should not talk about with your husband with your kids' presence. There are some things that you should not do with them watching um, just because private is private, whether it's with children or with parents. But there are other things. Let your kids see you love your husband. Let them see you kiss him. Let them see you hug him. And just this morning at breakfast, our kiss was a little longer than maybe the kids thought was, you know, good for a breakfast kiss. And, you know, my daughter's over there like, oh my goodness, mommy, stop kissing daddy. We're hungry. But let them see what a Christian marriage is supposed to look like. Let them see love and and the beauty of a husband and wife. Let them have the blessing of that safe environment that is in accordance with God's order. Um, there, there's nothing like it. There, I mean, there's nothing like God's way because it's God's way. Give them the opportunity to experience that in a Christian home. Let And then as they learn, as they grow, as they have these questions, where does my brother come from? You, Daddy does what to you? As these things come up, always bring it back to the beauty that God designed when it is in God's order. God's way. But you can always explain to them too that there are boundaries, especially with things that are very powerful. I love the illustration of a fire when you come to this. Fire is beautiful. Fire gives warmth. Fire gives life. Fire is necessary for mankind, for the earth, for the planet. Fire um, is can be something that uh, brings us in, that gives us warmth, that gives us that cozy, that ambiance, that gives us the beauty. But it is only beautiful when it is guarded, when it when it remains in its boundaries. If the fire gets out of its boundaries, if it gets out of the fireplace, it burns the house down. If it gets out of the campfire, it burns the forest down. If it gets out of control in the brush, it can cause devastating loss. The beauty is found when it is within the boundary that it was created for. When it exits outside of those boundaries, heartache, trouble, so many negative things ensue. And I think that is a good thing to keep in our minds and keep in our message as we teach our children. And we teach them boundaries from the time they're little. Don't cross the road without looking both ways, without holding mommy's hand. Um, Don't touch the hot stove. It will burn you. I'm thankful that my stove gets hot. If not, we would eat cold sandwiches all the time. I'm thankful that I can cook. But it's only purposeful within its boundary. It's not meant for you to touch it. If you touch it, you will be burned. The same thing with sex. Sex is powerful. Sex is beautiful. God created it with a a perfect loving intent, with a purpose. But that is within the boundaries that God has given it. When you take it outside of those boundaries, you don't get to pick the consequences of that. And and that is where we are at now. We are with a world, we are uh, living in a world that has lost its blush. And as Jeremiah says, we have taken something that God designed as purposeful and beautiful within boundaries, and we have just cast it to the wind and we've reaped the whirlwind. Um, And you'll hear more of that in the next episode as we dig into a little bit more about parenting in the age of pornography. Um, But teach them, teach them boundaries in life. But as you teach them sex, teach them that this is beautiful when it's done God's way.
But when it's outside of God's way, that verse that I quoted at the very beginning, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled, beauty, design, purpose, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge outside of the boundary. There's danger. There's consequences. There are negative things that come with that. And we we can choose our sin, but we don't get to choose our consequences. So we need to teach our children God's way is, is the best way. And Satan tries to come up with all of these beautiful, shiny, glittery counterfeits that promise endless pleasure, that promise joy and fulfillment and satisfaction unlike anything that God has designed. But that could not be further from the truth. Sin is pleasurable for a season, but it keeps you in bondage. Again, um, this is really bridging me into the next episode, and we're going to look at some really tough stuff in the next episode, some tough things to re- that I read, tough things that are going to be hard for me to repeat as, as fact to you. But, but whether it's hard or not, it is fact. And as Christian parents that are trying to equip our kids to live righteously and soberly in this present world, we need to be armed with God's word to teach them the beauty and the design that God intended and to let them know of the boundaries that God has given and what happens when those boundaries are crossed. Let me close this episode out in prayer, ladies. God, I pray that you were honored and glorified as I saw it to help the ladies to teach their children about something that you created for good, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from you. And that's what sex is. I I thank you for your design. I thank you not only that we have the ability to have children, but that you have given us pleasure, that you've given us intimacy with with the husbands that, that we have, Lord. And I pray that if there's anyone listening that is struggling with um, past guilt or trying to overcome something from the past, that they will find freedom and forgiveness in Christ, that they will be able to, to settle that in their hearts so that they can equip their children to not have to walk the same road, Lord. Um, Lord, I just pray for all the ladies listening across the board, Lord, whatever stage we're at with our children, maybe you, they don't have children yet. Maybe they're like me and they have little ones who are still growing and learning and maybe we feel like we have time to maybe mess up a couple times but yet still get it right or maybe there's people who have teenagers and they're like I didn't do it this way how do I redeem the time how do I change the course Lord every day is new every day is fresh and you give new mercies and we can start where we are Lord give wisdom as we try to navigate um, this this these conversations these questions this topic with our children help us to show them Bible help us to show them you and I pray that they will be able to grow up and then teach their children and to my grandchildren and and future generations about the beauty that you've designed Lord and that we will see we'll see just the tide turn that we will see lives changed and lives influenced to see your design and your order for something that the world has just made to be absolute chaos God I pray that your will and way will be done in our hearts and homes and that we will bring you glory In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 
I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.